Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Last week, the Ministry of Justice announced that it will be looking into avenues for adoption reform in Aotearoa, New Zealand. The Ministry's options for reforming the 60-year-old Adoption Act include improving access to birth families, putting the child's interest at the forefront of the adoption process, and legal recognition of whāngai. Whāngai is a Māori custom of child fostering, whereby a child is raised by someone other than their birth parents, and this can vary from a short-term arrangement to a child permanently being raised by the other party. Joining us to speak on this reform and what legal recognition of whāngai uh, would mean for Māori is... <coughs> is uh, the coordinator from the University of Otago's Indigenous Development Program, Dr. Erica Newman. Kia ora, Erica. Oh, kia ora, Erica. Tēnā koe, Zach. Oh, koe. No. <laughs> oh, a little bit of a technical <laughs> glitch there. Uh, yeah. You having a good a good day so far? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Cool, cool, glad to hear. Now, what what are the um, the origins of whāngai in te ao Māori, and why is it an important custom that's lasted uh, up until the present day? Oh, well, it's kind of interesting when you talked about whāngai just before then and talked about uh, it being similar to foster oh. and that the child being in the care temporarily or permanently, um, that you have to remember that that is with, if, it, if we're following whāngai practice, that that child is placed with whānau. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so the whakapapa, they say within the whakapapa lines. So the origins of whāngai can be seen to come from the uh, pūrāko of Māori Tikitiki Ataranga, um, where he was uh, raised by his grandfather in some narratives. In some narratives, it's his grandmother or his uncle. Um, and the idea there is that he was raised by this whānau, um, but away from his from his um, his village or yeah, from his hapu, from his mother's side. And as he got older, he was more inquisitive and wanted to know and wanted to connect with his with his mother and his brothers. So, with the guidance and the support of his um, his carer, whether that's his grandfather, his uncle, or his grandmother, um, they helped him on his journey, and he became he then became ingrained within his fano again and. Throughout that whole time, he is kept within his whakapapa and understanding the events of his whānau, the heritage, um, his history, uh, all of those sort of things. So there's no secrets or anything like that, and he knows who he is, and it helped to um, solidify his identity um, as to who he, who he is and where he was from and um, all the people that are connected. So you can see there the importance of of whāngai in the sense that, you know, to have a strong identity is to know your biological history, to know where you came from and how you fit within society. So, yeah, does that answer your question? Uh, that does, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. that it connects to um, a lot of things of cultural identity, which seems pretty mm. prevalent in a lot of um, te ao Māori. Uh, mm. now, now, many Māori have expressed dismay at how whāngai is perceived and acted upon in Aotearoa's court system. Uh, it gives the impression that the courts don't regard whāngai as being a legitimate form of adoption or, or fostering. Uh, would you say this is the case? And if so, why would you say that is the case? It is the case, um, and that is because whāngai is not legally recognised within our legal system. So it um, hasn't been since 1910 with the Native Land Act. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> totally understand where they're coming from, um, where Māori are coming from. Uh, they don't get the resourcing that uh, a parent would get or a foster parent or an adoptive parent. So, um, yeah. 
would you say that's probably part of the assimilationist kind of... Absolutely, all uh, part, part of, of colonisation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so initially what happened is that, you know, uh, Whangai was accepted and Māori sometimes took on in, uh, Pākehā children and then there became an issue with land, with um, the land then being handed down into the Pākehā lines. So if we think way, way back, um, Honeheke, when he was an MP, he also said that, you know, it would be best that... Māori didn't adopt Pākehā, but for this reason. And that actually became part, uh, ingrained within the 1950, uh, before the 1955 Act. So, um, with the 1955 Act, it actually changed that so Māori could adopt hmm. um, either. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> what, would legal recogni- uh, sorry, what would legal recognition of Whangai mean for Māori who practice Whangai and are facing difficulty in the court system because of it? Well, it's, this is really tricky because if we if we legislate Whangai, and because Whangai is just one term that's used, so Whangai is a term that's widely known, yeah. but up in the far north they use Atafai and I think it's the Taranaki area they use Taurima. So there are other words that are used in regards to the caring of a child um, that might not be their biological child, but they're within the whānau. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it, it, this becomes really tricky because once you make it into, it goes into legislation, it be kind, of, kind of becomes a crown governing thing. And the crown then provides a definition of who is and who isn't whāngai, mm. um, which can create an issue because if we do this, we're going to homogenise all Māori. And Māori aren't a homogenous group. They're, you know, they have their own variations within practices and understandings and cultural, the way that they um, practice their cultural beliefs and, and things like that. So it can be, this, it's, it's really tricky, the whole idea of, of legislating whāngai itself. Um, but I do think that mātua whāngai or parents of a whāngai child should have the same access to resources as a parent does. Because you know raising kids is expensive, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's you know to to be able to have that kind of access and to know that um, that a child is a legitimate thing to have a child raised in your family that maybe that's a Fano member from another who were born to other parents, Um, but how it gets legislated is is quite. Difficult, I think, and that's why um, there is the Wananga coming up with the, um, which is all about Whangai and how it can be incorporated within, or if it should be incorporated within the new adoption law reform that they're going through. What would you say are some? Um, well, yeah, because the Ministry of Justice is currently seeking Maori consultation on, on this mm. on this recognition. What would you say are some of the are some of the good ways it could be implemented? Say, recognizing all the different terms would be a start. Is there yeah. anything else you could say would be a good idea? Um, I think re- recognizing all the terms, and also I think it it's because um, iwi and hapu may practice it dif- differently. So it, at some level, to me, it's kind of like it should be governed by Maori. It is a Maori practice. Mm-hmm. So it should be governed by Māori, but um, when it comes to recog- legal recognition, then it should be, yeah, it, um, it's, you know, it's tricky. 
There's no probably one silver bullet solution, is there? No, absolutely um. not. It's um, it's very complex, and you know all of these discussions that are going on at the moment are very sensitive. Um, it brings up a lot of historical trauma, especially for um, those who have gone through the adoption system. Mm. So and have been severed from their biological families. So it's a whole lot of stuff that's going on, and. Um, yeah, it's it's it definitely needs to be addressed. It definitely something needs to be done, but how it is done is something that has to be negotiated between um, iwi, hapu, their members, and the crown. So to ha- and and having these this dialogue coming forward is definitely a good step forward in that partnership thing that we're supposed to be in. You know that. Yeah, I was just going to say, so you think that um, that legal recognition, legal recognition of whangau would be a good step forward in the partnership between Māori and Pākehā, as set out by Titiriti? Um, I think having these negotiations is a good step forward, mm-hmm. and them and the Crown and Māori coming to some sort of arrangement or agreeance where everybody is happy, not just one more than the other. So, like I said, it's going to be really tricky, and it's really complicated, so... Um, I guess watch the space and let's see what happens. I mean, on some levels, it might be better to have a separate piece of legislation, which is in regards to whangai, atawhai, taurima. Mm. Yeah. Definitely a a long-term thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the recognition um, for those matua whangai as um, being parents, being the person who's raising them, but also remembering that kinship practices... Um, you know, this it's the just it's different set up to a Pākehā way. You know, uh, parents don't own the children. It's kind of you know they they're part of the family, and that includes the extended family. Mm-hmm. So it's not a nuclear family. No, so. which is um, I think not even that old of a concept. Really, it was no. kind of a marketing ploy in the fifties, from what mm. I understand. Um, anyway, thank you so much for for joining me to to talk about such this such a um, a sensitive topic. You know. Yeah. And thank you for your time, uh, Erica. No, no worries. And if anybody wants to participate, they should definitely go onto the Ministry of Justice website and um, have a look to see what's going on. Yeah, participate in the court at all. Yeah, absolutely. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.